You are listening to season three of the Not Neurotypical podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this season has a very new big plot twist. So hold on tight, strap on your seatbelts, because it's still going to be a bumpy ride. And is that bumpy ride ever going to get smoother? Season three of the Not Neurotypical podcast is proudly sponsored by Timo, the award-winning app designed to support neurodivergent people with routine and scheduling. Head to your app store and type T-I-I-M-O to learn more. Hey everybody, this is your host, Laura Stan, and I wanted to release this episode as soon as possible because you are hearing it here first. This is an interview with Daniel M. Jones, or my friend Dan, and he is releasing some awesome new stuff as support for the autism community, and I wanted you to hear about it here first and have the opportunity to work closely with him. Dan is an awesome guy one of my good friends, and also someone who really deeply cares about the neurodivergent community as a whole. And he's also diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, OCD plus. So he knows just so much about the community and he is awesome. And he also brings together autistic adults and parents of autistic kids, which I think is so awesome. And that's not easy to do. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dan from the Aspie world. Nice. And I will put a link in the description so you can find that for this episode. Look in the description and I'll put all of Dan's links there for you. And once again, thank you for coming on the podcast. And I hope you will come oh, back yeah, you know and I will. talk about how awesome Love the it. membership is going. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Thanks for being here. Um, a lot of listeners found me from your YouTube called The Aspie World. But for those of my listeners who haven't heard of you before, why don't you introduce yourself and tell them what you're all about? Sure. Thanks, Laura. That's awesome. Uh, well, first thing is, what are you doing with your life if you're not watching my videos? I mean, come on. What is going <laughs> on? Um, True. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm only joking. I'm not that uh, egotistical. But no. Um, so basically, <laughs> I create um, autism awareness videos. I see when it's weird, isn't it? Autism understanding videos, insight videos about your living day to day with with an autism spectrum condition, and try to give out like ways of dealing with that, I guess. And I, I but I also make like podcasts, like Laura's doing right now, and then I also make like Instagram videos and Instagram blogs, and pretty recently I'm doing articles on LinkedIn, and yeah, I do all that kind of stuff. Well, it's true. If if you haven't heard of Dan, where have you been? Like, seriously, you've taken over the whole autism world, which is awesome. When I was new to figuring everything out for myself and for my kids, your videos helped me so much. And it was such an honor to, you know, work with you that we've done what, two or three videos together. Ooh, I think we've done, I think we've done three videos together. I want to do a lot more, actually. Yeah, we, we do definitely have to do more. Um, but definitely check him out on YouTube and all of his other stuff he has going on. He is the Aspie world. And so what are you currently working on within the autism community? Do you have any new fun stuff going on? I always have new fun stuff going on. Like, you, know you do, me. like every month. 
something new. I do. I do actually. I just, I, I just love being busy, you know, as busy as I can get it. Um, yes. But, but no, I, yeah, I'm so the, the main thing I'm kind of working on right now is my membership website, which is super, super new. Like it's, it's launching next week, but it's like, it's so new that only you, I think you're the only person I've spoken to about this, by the way. <laughs> really? Is that true? Yeah, it is true. And yesterday or today, no, today I put up my first ever, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, advert on Instagram asking people if they want to do the pre-registration of the launch because I've only got nice. like 200 places in the pre-launch. So 21 of those have already gone. So yeah, it's a little wow. less than 200 now. So you so. only have 200 spots and 21 are already gone within minutes, basically. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Wow. That's exactly right. So That's I'm just awesome. trying to make sure that the people who want to, and this is only, I literally just put an Instagram post out. That, like I haven't done any of my other socials yet. So <laughs> so it's going to fill up really quick to start. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, which That's is good, cool. but also scary because I want to make sure I, I can, uh, uh, you know, please everybody at the same time. Right, right. So what can people expect from this new program that you're working on? So basically, it's a, a month by month membership program where you subscribe to my website. And every month I drop little um, like packages of, of data. So there's like uh, every month on the first month, you'll get a video course. Then you'll get like a, like I say video course, it'll be like a five minute video. Then you'll also get um, like a workbook, like a guide, something that you can relate to all the time. It'll be digital or you can print it out, whatever you want. And then there'll also be an interview with somebody of kind of no, notable interest in the community. Like I'm booking one with you, which is pretty awesome. And Yay. then there's also going to be a live group chat with me on zoom so we're going to be doing like a live zoom meeting every month um on facebook groups uh which we have a private facebook group for the, for the membership and then we'll be talking and, and you can ask me questions directly and i can help guide and coach you guys personally which is going to be pretty awesome that's that's kind of what i'm really excited about that is really really cool uh, my last podcast was actually about connection and how um the pattern that i've seen is so many of us find out that we are neurodivergent or autistic through different ways of feeling disconnected and kind of searching like why why am I different why do I feel disconnected from certain things why do I see other people plugged into things that I can't really be plugged into yeah. not that you can't but you just feel that way before you really know what's going on and I was saying basically it's it's so important that we also talk about how important connection is related to support. And that's something that we don't really talk about. And it sounds like your membership is kind of focusing on that connection, which is really cool. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause I feel like one of the biggest things, like, you know, you always ask yourself when you, when you set up any kind of project or endeavor, you always go like, well, what, you know, you start with why, you know, there's actually a book, a really famous book called start with why. And you go, excuse me you say what you know what am I doing this for why am I doing it and my right. why the answer to my why is I want people to not feel alone you know so yes. I want I want people to feel like they can relate and they and they have somewhere where they can go so that that whole thing comes right back around to the community and what I've been trying to build for the past three years with the Aspie world which is kind of now coming to fruition as my membership site because that's a community that we can rely on each other you know and, and I think you're absolutely right you know like that's that's so important. It, it really is. Um, so your ideal member for this, are they neurodivergent adults? Are they parents of neurodivergent kids or both? Or who are you really focusing the content on for this? 
It's a really good question because my because my audience is split right down the middle, you know. So I have like yeah, people who are who are neurodiverse, and then you also are neurodivergent, and then you also have people who are parents and caregivers who are looking after or, or living with or loved ones of, and then I have practitioners and nurses and all these kind of people. So I'm always like, what should I do? So what I've done is I've tailored the 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 membership to be open to all of those people. So nice. I really think that to me though, I think that everybody's going to get something different from it. You know, I think the parents are going to find value in the, um, in the kind of like the coursework stuff. Also, you know, autistic people will also get value from those little, the, those little courses that I release every month. But I mean, I think having like this group chat where people can ask me questions directly is going to be like, like personal coaching. It's going to be so much like um, different for everybody because everyone can ask their own questions then. Yeah. And I think, yeah. You know, it's going to it, be it really personalizes them. it for each person, which is yeah. very cool. 100% and, I, and that's what I love about it like I I've wanted to do this for a long time and like building uh, uh, you know a site like this is crazy considering I built it myself without because you can use like I guess there's loads of different websites you can use to you know you can make um, I don't know you can just plug stuff in you know, like a plug and play website off the shelf but I wanted to build something where I can completely control it so that it's ours you know what I mean so yeah um, I'm super excited about it so um, but I yeah and we and some you and I Laura we were talking about um memberships and stuff I don't know it must be about a week ago when we were discussing stuff and so I'd yeah. really like if you uh yeah you could come on and you could do some stuff for me as well on that that'd be really I would cool lo- so. I would love to I would love to um as, as I, t- I had told you last week I was kind of thinking about um the same things just people are so disconnected and people really want to find community and social media can be um, a great place to find community and people to follow. But sometimes you can still feel pretty disconnected within social media, um, you know, to, due to various things. And mm-hmm. it's it's nice to have more of a private way to connect on these things for sure. And, and I've definitely, I think there's a huge need for it. And I, I think a lot of people will be into it and it will be really good. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun to see that first kind of like, you know, the initial tribe of people coming in there because we're going to be like the, the, the initial family, like the elders <laughs> who are going to be there, like the family right. members. And I, right. I think that's cool. And, and I also, because um, I, I, I've, I've got this new kind of like motto I say in my videos, I say like, you know, welcome to the Aspiel where we think differently daily because we, we do think differently every single day. But what I'm doing with the membership is I'm teaching people to uh, to think differently daily so that it's not just autistic people who think differently. It's trying to get the the parents of or the caretakers to think differently as, as well. Because when you think differently, then you'll be on the same level. And um, so I'm calling my tribe the different thinkers because that's what they are. You know, the people who are different thinkers. And I think that's a, it's, it's a cool way to do it. Definitely. And I've talked a lot lately on my podcast, too, about how things are different. We may communicate different. We may think different, but different is not bad. Different is just different. Different is empowering. It is. It definitely is. No one has done great things by not being different. Exactly. Yeah. Great things are done by uh, taking chances and, and being brave enough to be different and embrace that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, um, the more, um, yeah, the, the more we can kind of empower people to to really think that thinking differently is something that they should really like, 
um, just home in on um, that the better the world would be, I think. And a lot of kind of, you know, that I don't know if you get it, but like growing up, I was always like, oh, I'm the weird kid. And, oh, yeah. you know, and, and so it was <laughs> definitely like, my family like, used to tell me every day, like, why are you so weird? What's wrong with you? Like, and oh, I was goodness. like, I don't know. But this I always loved it. I liked being weird, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I mean, like now, though, you'd be like, yeah, I'm weird. And heck, yeah, I love it. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, what totally. I mean. We can teach people to be like that. Then they'll be like, they'll get it. You know what I mean? I think like it's just a it's just a confidence thing. And I do you know I say this and one of the I just did. Um, I have a course that I run as well called Inside Autism, uh, which is a different website. Um, and um, that's got like closed kind of uh, launch access. So I won't really go into that here. But one of the courses, um, one of the sorry, the modules of the course, we talk about how um confidence creates um a, a motivation and motivation creates creativity and that creativity is the, the essence of of really enjoying life and so i think that the, you always have to be confident with those things and it comes back to really looking at yourself and saying yeah i'm different and that's badass you know what i mean absolutely absolutely and and we're talking about you know different forms of acceptance basically and it reminds me of i saw have you ever heard of dr ned hallowell He's an ADHD mm. doctor. He kind of spearheaded a lot of, he wrote Driven to Distraction. It's like the most famous ADHD book ever. It was like the first mm. like eye-opening ADHD book. And it came out probably like 20 years ago. It was a while ago. But he has ADHD and is also a prominent researcher in the field. And I saw him speak last year at the ADHD conference that was here in Philadelphia. Oh, and wow. his speech was so powerful. And it was so powerful because it was that same message. Like, if you are someone who likes things fast and creative and, um, you know, you enjoy bouncing things off of people, you, you need to do that and embrace it. Like, don't hmm. force yourself to be a worker bee if that drives you crazy you know like you have to find those ways to accept what you love and what you do and then figure out how to use it to your advantage and and his uh, this is that's a massive oversimplification of his talk but it was so powerful (laughs) no i don't need to go and see it (laughs) the whole time i was just thinking like oh man autistic people really need to hear this because Mm. we are at a young age so it's beaten into us like this is how you need to be this is how you need to act and those little empowering thoughts of like okay well I actually do this really well and I enjoy this so I'm going to focus on that like no one really I think people are starting to come around now but especially when I was growing up no one told kids like oh, you know, let's work on the skills that you have and improve upon them and really like focus on your strengths and all of that. No, it was just like, here, this is what you need to do. You know, mm. <laughs> this is how you need to be. Um, I, I think this is getting better with time, but we still have a long way to go with that for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. But, um, I, I, you know, that's funny. The ADHD, uh, I think my friend of mine, uh, Jess from How To ADHD, she actually interviewed him. I'm sure, or she was she was at the same event he was at. I yeah, think. she was there. She was there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how I know them. Um, and yeah, she 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 told me about him and about his book and stuff. Uh, Jess is really cool, actually. She's one of my uh, one of my best friends, actually. Like I I speak to her quite often, and she's she's, she's awesome. very yeah, she's very interesting. And uh, we did we done quite a few videos together. I don't know if you've ever seen any I of have. those videos. We've yeah, done. they're yeah. they're really great. 
And if you have any any of my listeners that are ADHD plus autism, you definitely need to check those out because they're really, really informative videos that are very real and practical and you can take a lot away from them. So check them out. Cheers, thanks, dude. Um, but, you know, actually, ADHD reminds me of something I was supposed to tell you that um, I was reading um, Russell Brunson's new book, uh, Traffic Secrets, and in that he talks about how he has ADHD. And I was like, oh, man, no wonder I clicked with this guy. <laughs> I am not surprised at all. He because he's so like just yeah, he's ADHD for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's like a you can tell. An and... <laughs> he <laughs> is. He's so intense, like in the coolest way and, and just like in your face and very straight and directed to the point. Do you know so what's that's, funny? that's hilarious. I actually, I watch his videos sometimes, not because I want to see the content, because I want to hear him speak. And I just kind of get, because nobody, he speaks so fast and trips over his own words and stuff. And I, I relate <laughs> to it so much. I'm like, oh man, I got to hear this guy speak again. I'm like, it's, it's so weird. That's so, so funny. Mm. And just incredibly informative. The dude is, oh, he, like, he's like the perfect genius. example of someone who, like, just really was like this is what I love and I'm gonna do it and he does it pretty much better than anybody else if you guys don't know he's a guy who created click funnels which is like a huge if you own a business like you know who he is he he kind of changed the world online of funnel making and 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 small business and kind of like he's made a lot of people rich but also his videos are really really fast and informative and awesome for neurodivergent entrepreneurs because he's just like He's on our on level it, he's all over yeah. the place and like but also like he gives the information in a way that makes sense to me and and I can I don't want to say I can't keep up with other people it's actually like they're too slow or something like with him I'm yeah. like okay I'm I'm like this is this is my level and everything yeah yeah no he's awesome but yeah the, I thought you'd like that the, uh, <laughs> that is so funny <laughs> so let's talk about support a little bit um what I, I don't know if you mind if I get a little personal with you, but do you sure. have any supports in place for you right now to kind of help you with your business or personal life or or what do you kind of what do you ask for help for right now? It's funny actually because um I used to have um an ASD support worker. Um so there's a guy who used to come around to see me um every uh I don't know, it would be like every week or every couple of weeks or whatever I wanted really. And his job was designed um, to, he was an ASD development worker and his job was designed to kind of help me with things like, you know, if I had an issue with my housing or if I had an issue with like anything legal or when I was going to university, like he helped me with all the kind of admin stuff because, you know, he, he works with people on the spectrum on that level. And it kind of took the pressure off Naomi, my girlfriend. Um, so she didn't have to worry about doing those things. Um, and so that was really good. But so that's the we have a horrible government and they they kind of cancelled all the funding for things like that and so his job has gone now and so um i kind of like yeah it was horrible it was just like one you know one week we're with him and then the next week gone but um in terms of support now i have a real difficulty um kind of keeping track of time keeping track of bills basically organizing stuff is Mm -hmm. is difficult for me so um i lean heavily on Naomi as she's really into that kind of stuff and so she helps organize the entire house and like organizes like money in and money out and all that stuff um because I'm just terrible terrible with it like I, I can't even it's not not like right. I want to go and spend stuff it's just that like I'm it's just it's very difficult to get the hang of it's more like the keeping track of it rather than it's not that you're a crazy impulsive buyer or anything buyer, you're just yeah, more yeah. you're more just like kind of 
spacing out, not paying attention to what you're buying, right? That's it's right. more like yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I relate to that a lot. A missed. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely, and that's well known within neurodivergent circles. Of uh, a lot of us have those exact issues and and need some help with that um what about as a kid i know you were late diagnosed for the most part um is there any supports that you received as a kid and if not what do you wish you had as a kid as far as supports and accommodations yeah so when i was a kid um so the only reason i wasn't diagnosed as a kid when i was when i was a kid the only reason i wasn't diagnosed with autism was because there, there wasn't the capability to do that where I lived back in like the eighties and early nineties. So, right. um, so I did receive kind of some sort of support. So in school, I, I was allowed to sit like me and another kid who had schizophrenia. We like we sat on the desk, like a, a two-person desk, right next to the teacher's desk, right at the front of the class, and that was kind of all right because we were able to ask the teacher questions directly and yada yada. Right. Um, but the other thing was I had like a one-to-one, so I'd have to come out of the class every every day about. I don't know, like for an hour, I'd go into like the the, the school's library with a like a one to one, and we'd like do extra reading and stuff, and um, and that was all right. I think the only support that I didn't get in high school was uh, like uh, di- like different formats to, to complete examinations or um, you know adding mm-hmm. time to my because like now you know you're allowed like twenty five percent extra on your on your tests and stuff, so you can right you know, have enough time to complete it because of the speed in which you A, learn and B, reproduce content from revision. So I think if right. I had had the typical academic support that's in place now, back then, I would have like proper, like just nailed it. But, right. but yeah, no, I didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> I left school with zero qualifications. But then again, I did, I have now done a degree in chemistry since, but yeah, before that it was, yeah, it was no go. So you have a degree in chemistry? Yeah, I do. I have a bachelor's degree in wow, chemistry. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh. I see you're I see you're using that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what, what do you have any plans to use that degree at all? Or well, yeah, I was well, I was supposed to be doing a uh, a PhD doctorate in chemistry, but um, the chemistry department in the university that I was currently attending is closed down. Um, not because of oh, any no. foul play, just because of funding because of this whole Brexit thing. Um, right. Uh, so, which is causing havoc here. But um, in terms of doing stuff with chemistry, I don't know. I mean, you, you'll love what I did for my chemistry degree. I, for my dissertation, I basically, so my, my field, the chemistry is big, big field. Um, so my specific field of interest in chemistry was molecular symmetry and group theory, which was this way oh. of uh, recognizing how, um, molecules and, uh, and and such kind of like uh, rotate in 3D space. And so I, and they have names to these rotations, which are like, you know, C2V and stuff, which is basically the, the point group. That's what it is. Anyway, I, um, I, I wanted to educate people on this because people found this really difficult to understand because like it's, it's a complex physical chemistry type of thing, you know, because basically chemistry is physics, maths, biology and chemistry all rolled into one so it's quite an intense subject and so I thought to myself how am I going to do this best so what I did is I built um, a teaching tool within Minecraft which is the game for children the Microsoft game Minecraft and then I Mm -hmm. I made these huge models in Minecraft and made my own server and then uh, and that's what I did so for, for the last year of my degree I just played on Minecraft and put models in there and then wrote a dissertation on it. I got 72% for my dissertation, which was crazy. Um, and then, That's um, great. yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, and, and the funny thing was normally when you do your, uh, like a science degree, you, when you're doing your dissertation, you have to like shadow a PhD student and then you basically, you're their slave 
<laughs> and then you write <laughs> right. a bit of like research on that and that's what you do your dissertation on but since mine was completely novel um there was no backing I did everything from home I just sat at home for weeks and then just writing up this dissertation and uh and when I went to have my interview because they have to do this thing called like a, a viva I think it's called where they interview you about your research or your body of research and then they quest you and quiz you on it but of course mine was completely my own work so every answer I knew more about it than they did so every answer I gave was directly <laughs> right. 100% accurate so there's no way they could mark me down so it was a really good move um but so since then Microsoft did show interest in buying my models um really so they could, yeah they did yeah but we couldn't come to an agreement uh, for a meeting to display the models in a more detailed um, setting because we were both scared of signing the non-disclosure because they had a an education kit that they were bringing out and I had this one and we didn't want to see each other's kit in case we feel like we've copied each other if that makes sense it was a really weird right. standoff so legally right. we decided to just cool it and then another um, tech company wanted to buy my models as well uh, and I said no to that so maybe something that I'll re you know relook at in the future at the moment I literally do nothing with chemistry other than um, I'm just a, a smart ass when it comes to chemistry in front of people <laughs> I'm just like yeah you're wrong <laughs> Would you say that your advanced pattern recognition helped you in chemistry and, oh, and what you were working on? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It sounded, that's the first thing I thought when you were saying there were certain movements and patterns that, that you probably noticed that other people didn't. And then maybe possibly us yeah. being so practical kind of helped you create those models to help explain it in an easier way, I would assume. Right. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, there's a funny story, actually. Um, I, we were in a lecture um, doing physical chemistry, and there's this thing called the um, the, the, the variation method, uh, which is a, a way of explaining stuff. Um, Heisenberg's um, uh, uncertainty principle, you can put it to a, um, a, a time, you can you can basically make this equation, Heisenberg's time-dependent, uh, or Schrodinger's time-dependent uh, equation. And it's basically... Um, you can you can write it out and it's this huge derivative of equations anyway so we were sitting in this lecture with this guy and he was showing me an equation that was in chemistry you have to balance equation I don't know if you if you remember any of this from school if you did chemistry but you have something called um, uh, uh, ionic charge um, distribution so you have like ionic uh -huh. charges on each side of this equation right and so right. Um, basically it means that if you have a certain amount of atoms on this side, then you have to have a certain amount of atoms on the other side because, you know, if we look at thermodynamics, nothing is ever created right. or destroyed, it's just recycled, right? So it has to be somewhere right. in this equation. So one of the big things people struggle with is balancing equations, but I love it because of my freak of seeing patterns like I just love seeing these patterns <laughs> so I was sitting right. in this lecture and there was this professor um Bella Pays who's a quite famous um, chemist and he was giving this lecture and I was like so sorry sorry and he's like what I said your uh, your equations um unbalanced and he's like what I was like you're missing the hydrogen on the left hand side and he's like oh stage with a, an equation that wasn't balanced be careful with balancing our equations we'll love it and I got <laughs> I, I just completely annihilated him in front of everyone that crazy. is so funny <laughs> was he was he like thankful or kind of like no no oh, he was he was loving it like he was offended. so like yeah yeah he was he was yeah that's good because <laughs> sometimes we can point out the you know inefficiencies yeah, and things like that and people hate it and react really negatively and we're like oh i'm just trying to help but that's yeah cool that I, he I think like took it well he um he, he was just kind of like I just think, feel like he was like oh my protege you know he was kind of like that mindset like it's working I'm teaching <laughs> <laughs> that really that's awesome fun. that's awesome so um 
what about uh, relating to support needs over the years? Um, what specific ways has your support needs kind of changed over the years from what you got as a kid and then what you kind of needed as an adult, you know, even I think after the biggest college? One, I mean, there's a bunch of ones, right? You could sit here all day and talk about ones. I think the biggest one is of emotional support. So when I was a kid, it wasn't really a, wasn't really an issue, mm-hmm. you know. I just, I just dealt with it because I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but now, as you get older and you're in relationships, and I've got a kid, and like, yeah, you know, you have to do all this stuff, and you have to interact with different people, and different things happen, and people get sick, and people die. It's like, whoa, you know, and that that whole emotional support. Yes, it's so difficult. I mean, I think because I, so I do a lot of like, I have a lot of online therapy, um, and and I guess so. The biggest one would be you know emotional support, um, especially from therapists. So I, I use that therapist a lot, and then the other thing would be um, sensory processing Mm -hmm. disorder. I mean, goodness me, I have occupational therapy for sensory processing and that has really changed my life in the the way or how I look at sensory processing disorder and also how how I I change what I do for the better to kind of lessen the impact of it in my life. That was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I, I think when I realized I was autistic I was relating my sensory Mm. difficulties to so many other things and then after that realization it was like oh okay like this is what's going on it was always like oh I have a headache but I didn't really have a headache but that's what I would tell people you know like things like that where it's you just equate it to something else and then once you realize what it is then you can kind of help it and I, I definitely when I was a kid, mm. I, I was more of a sensory seeker. Like, um, la- I, I actually won it. I liked things loud. I loved amusement park rides. I was very like, let's, let's go nuts. Let's be crazy. <laughs> like I was very like bigger than life. Now I'm very different. I'm very avoidant. Um, I read a recent study, um, actually talking about that, how sensory needs, changed drastically from childhood into adulthood and if you are sensory seeking as a kid you're more likely to be avoidant yeah. as an adult and vice versa which I found very interesting and I think we all know that if you're autistic but it's something that is kind of new to be studied and and they're kind of learning more about that um, as it relates to the brain mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out why that is though um, you know is that trauma kind of changing things or is it just how it is if your if, if your brain is connected a little different um they don't really know that yet but i find it very interesting but i think that fact also will change our supports a lot and what we need because when i was a kid i i didn't need any yeah, yeah. sensory support and things like that like i i was fine um and and it also when you think about that too that's very interesting. And, and that's kind of, that's not in the diagnostic criteria and mm. it's not really something doctors talk about. And I feel like that can also really negatively affect getting a diagnosis because maybe if you're having like major sensory issues now as an adult and you're trying to get help you, for that, but you didn't as a kid, they might try to find some other reason for that and be like, Oh, well, autism is present as a kid, but they don't realize that yeah, it just yeah, looks yeah. different that's throughout really your life. So, yeah, I always wonder about um, our support needs changing, if that can almost be like a negative thing, um, even though it's real for us. But if it can be seen negative in the medical model, I don't know. They need to do more studies on stuff like that, like functional supports and stuff throughout. There's so many many things that they they just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's lack of funding, lack of interest. I mean, you know, autism diagnosis seems to be on the rise, but the, the research in it seems to be still stagnant in like the old, 
school kind of you know uh it's weird i i can't even definitely i I don't even know like (laughs) i don't even know how how it's how it's like that you know there's all these people who are desperate for support well oh i'd love to i have theories would you like to hear them (laughs) okay so when when you take a giant group of people who were segregated at some point which you know we had very different conditions yeah in the dsm4 you know there was like different things like i right and while grouping everything together i think generally was a good thing i think it made research so much harder Mm. it is so hard to study a vast group of people um you know when you think of just like scientific research basics it's so hard to study people who are just so broad like all of us are so very different like and I was actually saying this in a recent podcast that ADHD has countless countless studies just focus on adults and how to support Mm -hmm. adults Mm -hmm. and we don't have that we don't have that all everything goes to for the most part early intervention and that focus that's the kind of things that get funded um, I don't want to be like totally negative, but I think that's because early intervention just yeah, makes does. a lot yeah, more money there's, there's in general. Some, there's so many people coming um, out of college doing that exact thing, isn't it? Right, exactly. But also at the same time, there's so many adults that need support. Like they could totally open up a new funding for something, research it, and I mean, then it's... open that up to also, if it's going to be about money, like it's it would be there. There's so yeah, many it's adults a, it's who a, need that It's support. a no-brainer, that, isn't it? Um. Totally, totally. And um, I, I just think that there was a lot of good reasons to broaden the spectrum. But also, at the same time, there are some research negatives that kind of come into play. Um, and then also, I've read through a couple different researchers talk about how they can't get funding for certain uh, types of people on the spectrum, like the more classic autism or comorbid mm. with an intellectual disability. Um, sadly, they often can't get funding for them almost as if it's not worth even studying these people, which nope. disgusts me. Like, so it's horrible. Um, like, no one will say that. But yeah, like, I know that's an issue here in America. I am not sure. I, it's probably better in the UK than, than here regarding that. But I think... Um, you know, that's a huge issue at play too, is kind of hmm. the, the ableism involved. Like, I, I almost think it's like, or the stigma as well. It's almost like, oh, if they made it to <laughs> adulthood, they're fine. Like, almost like that mentality. Let's focus on the kids. They really need the help. If they make, you know, they're going to be okay if they made it this far. And and I think that's hmm. just yeah, I, totally bad. It is that kind of like, I don't know, that ghost of uh, that idea here in the UK a little bit, but only with like people who are <laughs> yeah. quite pompous and, you know, um, like, I don't know if you have the term there, but toffs, we call them in the UK. And it's like people who are a bit like, oh, la di And they kind of like, it's just, they can't, and it's that ableism. It's ableism <laughs> shrouded in kind of like um, a big, big boy club kind of, it's horrible. Definitely. Yeah, and we, that's really just the general and, well, American yeah, You kind attitude. of adopt it from, <laughs> so, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah, they're fine, everyone's fine. Like, what is wrong with people? Yeah, yeah. And, and another thing too is, um, you know, there, it's also an idea that, 
uh, mental health stigma and the idea that if you're asking for help, you're flawed in some way. And I, and I think that definitely has something to do with it as well, because it's just totally opposite because when you get the support you need, then, you know, that's when you're really like going to grow and thrive and things like that. Um, So there's just, there's so much to tackle, but I always say that we are in the very beginning of all of this. This is all new. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're still, everyone's still learning together. So people like you and me who are trying to share about our experience and make communities and, and support each other. I think that's like the best plan of action for now, mm. because we still have so far to go in every <laughs> oh, other good. area. So we're just yeah, doing what we I, can I, this, now. You know? That's another thing. I think that's why all of everybody like yourself and everybody else who's doing advocacy on various different platforms is so important because like there's so much work that needs to be done and there's so many people that need to kind of buck up really and start doing those things and they're not going to do it unless we add pressure to the system definitely well i want to thank you so much for coming on the not neurotypical podcast and and sharing more about your own support and your new group membership that you're starting and um is there anything else you want to actually uh you know, be ahead of the group and, and, and get in there before the, the launch period closes, um, uh, you can do at levelofautism.net forward slash register. Thank you for listening. This interview with Dan from the Aspie world was spontaneous and I wanted to get it out as soon as possible just so my listeners who I love could make sure to have first dibs on this awesome membership that he is offering. Trust me, you will find value in it, especially if you are autistic yourself with an autistic kid. Um, A lot of the content is going to be great for you. And if you haven't checked Dan out, check him out on YouTube and follow him on Instagram and check out his new program. Links are all in the description of this episode. And before we end today, I have a little bonus content for you. See you next week. Everybody, I have a special guest here. This is kind of like a bonus. I have Gigi, my daughter. Go ahead, say hi. Hi. And Chloe. Hi. What's up, girls? Um, good. What are you excited for? What's coming soon? My birthday was today. What's before both of your birthdays? Starts with an H. H. (sighs) Halloween. Gigi, what are you going to be for Halloween? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Oh, my goodness. Chloe, what are you going to be for Halloween? A butterfly. Oh, you guys are going to be so cool. And it's an interesting Halloween this year, but we're making the most of it. My son, Hunter, who is 10, he is going to be the Mandalorian. Gigi's baby Yoda. Chloe's always doing her own thing, but it's going to be a very fun Halloween. We're going to make the most of it. Right, kids? Yeah. Wait for Halloween. Yeah, it's not yeah. until Saturday. That's right. Yeah, we have oh. Halloween after birthday. No, before. Before birthday. Halloween is Saturday, and then oh. your birthdays are both next week. Woo! Yeah. All right, say bye to everybody. Bye. Everyone. Oh. We'll talk to you next week.